You're listening to Unseen Theatrics with Clinton Kamak. Welcome to Unseen Theatrics podcast. Today's edition, we continue our chat, part two, with Jess, a deputy stage manager. So, starting a show, uh, how do you start a show? Do you check in with everyone before the show starts? How how does a show kick off uh, for an opera? Yeah, so I'll do um, comms check in the last couple of minutes, um, just before we're due to get clearance. So I'll run through with all the departments and everyone who needs to be on comms from flies and mechs to surtitles. Um, So go through all the channels. Mm -hmm. Um, I also make sure with orchestra that we've got all the players in the pit. Um, I'll give them two cast calls to the pit so they get a first call at the beginner's call um, with everyone else. And then at three minutes to curtain up, I'll give them their second and final call to the pit. And just to just to clarify, beginner's call is generally about five minutes before curtain up. Yeah. So we make sure that we've got everyone um, who's needed in the first seven or so minutes yep. of the opera up on stage um, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then while we're waiting for clearance, I'll get everyone into standbys. So I'll stand by all the first round of lighting cues. Um, any curtain cues, fly cues, tech cues that need to occur um, in the first section to kick us off. And then I'll stand by the orchestra to tune um, by the orchestra manager and stand by, get them to stand by the conductor so that they know when we're ready to go. And then once I call, once we get clearance, then I'll let everyone know that we get clearance. And then the first thing for us to do is to commence the orchestra tune. So we'll take the house selects to half. And we'll cue the tune. Um, the orchestra manager lets the concert master know that we've got clearance, and then they'll start the tune from there. Yeah. And then once the tune's complete, which is around fifty seconds, um, okay. then they'll let us know that the tune's complete, and I'll cue the conductor to the podium. Um, and then the conductor, depending on them, will either kick off the upbeat as soon as they turn around, which some have caught me like that before, or I'll get to cue them with a cue light. Obviously, you would prefer to cue them with a cue light so you know when uh, know when things are happening. I do. Or, I mean, unless I had one conductor who said, oh, no, don't give me a cue light. Like, as soon as I turn around, I go straight into the upbeat. And I'm like, okay, cool. So as soon as you're on the pivot, then I know that we're good to go. So at least if they give me a heads up, then that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll kick off show and we roll from there it's all good from there you can obviously read music that's that's something that i haven't asked you about at all yeah yeah i can read music i can i follow music i can't play what i see on the page yeah but i can understand notations and yeah the markings and can follow all right uh, and your cues, your your cues that you've got in there are they with those sticky notes that you mentioned earlier yes and no I make everything as clear as I possibly can. So a lot of people will just do a pencil line yep. through the note and across, and that's fine for them. Yeah. Um, I pencil line through the note. I get a color-coded flag depending on what type of cue it is. Okay. And then I put that above 
the note as well, and then I write the Q number on that flag. Is that department coded, like sound, vision, yeah. and LX? Yeah. So I'll have yellow for LX, um, red for scene change, green for flies, blue for sound, slash AV. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, if I need to add more colours, then I do, but they're my, they're my go-to. Yeah, okay. Go-to colours. And then I've been able to, with the help of um, a friend who's also calling off iPad, she's developed stamps for four score. So we can develop that same method in electronically as well, which has been super helpful because I just find for me, if I can see everything on the music, then yeah, it's just easier for me and my brain. It's another visual as well, which also helps. Yeah, it's super easy and there's no kind of question of what it is. I can just kind of follow the page, especially if there's a lot of cues on page. Yeah. Then I just tend to follow the music side and keep a track of the notation page, but follow the music and then refer back to the notation as I need it. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about your uh, your prompt book a little bit and how you notate it. Yeah. Is it possible at all? I know you probably don't necessarily have a script in front of you. Oh, here's one I prepared earlier, she says. <laughs> one I prepared earlier. An example of how you would call a standby oh. and, and a go? Sure. Um, okay. All right, here we go. So this is for an end of an act. Starting by LX 86 through 93, house selects up, fly Q3 and 4 for the autumn leaf drop to start and stop, moon out, dome A and B to fade with LX 92 and interval change. Wow. And that's just a standby. Is it possible to hear the goes from those standbys? Yes. Um, so like LX 86 is independent, so it would just be LX 86 go. Yep. So if there's ones that are together, then it would be LX 92 and fly Q4 go. Yep. If I combine them. Yeah. And then interval time to go. Yep. Yep. I try and do LX first. Um, that tends to roll off my tongue as a department first. And then I roll from there. That sounds great. You've just given us standbys and goes, which is really cool. Yeah. Talked about cast call earlier. What how do you normally um put your cast call together? So all right, so my cast call, I'll tend to do the Mr. and Miss first. We'll go females and males yep which is an old school etiquette thing for opera which is just kind of stuck okay um and then in my score i'll write like for example i've got miss Fran um here for vixen and then in brackets i've got their character name okay so you know who they are yep and then if i'm calling them to stage then it will be like miss Fran, miss halloran mr clayton mr mcnichol um ladies and gentlemen of the chorus this is your culture stage yeah cool and then i'll repeat it Again. Yep. Yep. And if I have to do the orchestra, then it would be Adelaide Symphony Orchestra. This is your first call to the pit um, or second call to the pit. Yep. And then they hear that and then they uh, be good orchestra members and go to the pit. Thank you for that. That's, uh, that gives a little insight onto uh, the wonderful calls that happen that no one hears or sees. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. And if you are, spread the word. Let everyone know about Unseen Theatrics, sharing education of live theatre. Communication's a big, big, big part of your, uh, big part of your job. What communication happens on comms uh, during a show? Um, so, LX, I don't expect a standing by for every single standby I give them because 
that's a lot yep. for them to say. So I don't do that. Um, slides and make some things like that for technical elements. I'll get them to standing by. Um, if we, if I'm standing by a scene change, um, then the head max and or those who are involved in the scene change will either say the element that they're in control of or scene change standing by, depending on what it is. So if there's like a truck that needs to be moved and it's like the OP truck, then the mechs might say OP truck standing by so that you know that they're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, in safety elements, um, if I need to get a clear from anyone, then I'll ask for a safety clearance from those who that are concerned. So generally either the stage manager or the flyers or like the head mech, um, if it's clear for them to do so. If there are fly elements that have follow-ons to scene changes, then I'll ask for the head mech to give that complete and or like a clear and then flies can take their own cue. Yep. Um, so it just means that all the safety elements are in place. Um, you don't need to micromanage um, everything within a call. And if I need a clear, then I'll ask for it in the standby. Yep. And... If I need to know that a scene change is complete, then I'll ask for or a lighting cue. If there's something that needs to go on a complete, then I'll ask for notification when that cue is has been completed, um, which most departments will just give me like an LX complete or scene change complete. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can know that you can move on from there, especially like the safety elements and things like that. Then you know um, that you're good to go and you're not going to kill anyone. Bonus. Yeah, but generally that's about as much of the chatter as you go. We try and keep things pretty quiet so that everyone can listen to the call. Um, not really. Yep. Need to talk much more than that unless something is going down. Yep. No banter, so no one gets sidetracked. Exactly. You've actually just touched on this a little bit. How do you deal with any technical issues or scene change issues during a show? I'll try and take, like, depending on the element that's gone awry, um, I'll try and communicate with the head mech mostly at the first instance and kind of gauge what the issue is and or the department. Nine times out of ten in a technical issue, it's more or less an automated feature or a scene change or a truck that's not working as to what needs to happen. Can you just explain a truck? A truck is a set element on wheels. Yeah, pretty much. It's like a big, uh, like a big dolly with uh, walls or anything on it. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. Recently, the biggest technical comms that we've had recently was probably with the floor or requiem. Um, we had to bring in four chains and pick up chains. Um, that attached to the floor to then lift it up. And I had to prep a whole lot of cues in and around these, the chains coming in and the motors. Um, so yep. that for me was a visual cue. Um, when we had white wallpaper, when the wallpaper got ripped up, we had that meant that the black wall would mask the chains coming in. So I would try and prep that. As soon as I would see that, then I would call the fly cue. Then the head mech um, took over from there and then the comms were him guiding in the flies and the mechs, the distance, engaging the distance between when the chains were getting closer to the floor and to the pickup points. 
mm-hmm. and then I would let him do that as yep. he was talking. If I had to prep a cue, then I would just say, I'm going to prep this cue. And then that alerts everybody that the next word that's going to come out of my mouth is go um, so that they know what they need to do. And then that also means that I can reduce my timings to just saying the word go um, instead of having to say the whole preamble, waste time, and then you can execute the cue faster in that sort of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is really good. Like I communicated that a lot with the head mech and I said, this is how I envisage calling this section, does that work for you safety-wise and what you need to achieve? And luckily it did. So we kind of got to develop that. And then I would establish that within the standbys and everybody knew that's how we were going to roll. Yeah. Yeah. If you can preempt that and as long as if you're going to preempt that, you just need to let the crew know that you're going to prep a queue um, and then go from there. Communication is key. Okay. Yeah. If it's a big technical issue, you get you're gonna have to stop a show at some point. Have have you been involved in a show stop? Um, I've been involved in two, but not yes due to massive technical issues. Okay, which is good. Um, one was a medical issue in the audience. Um, we had to do a show stop for a patron. Yep, which was unfortunate and ended the act. Yep, so. We had the stage manager come out on stage and announce the show stop, and then we just kind of went into an interval until the patients were safe um, and the emergency yep. was dealt with, and then we resumed Act Two. Okay. My recent one was wasn't even like the show hadn't even started officially yet. Well, we started, but we had just done <laughs> we had just done the orchestra tune. Oh my god! And. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh joy! <laughs> we in um, we went in a normal theater. We were in the showgrounds and um, my monitors weren't, you know, the showgrounds meant that the conductor view monitor, he just looked the same, whether his conductor special was up or not. The conductor went out and he was just standing there and waiting and he's just not, he's just not moving. And uh, like the LX up and I were like, why, why isn't he going? Like what's, what's going on? And then he's like pointing up towards his conductor special and then he's like looking at like the percussionist and he just like does like little walking fingers like points towards like me yeah yeah and then I realized that something's up so I jump out to where he is because where they were like the orchestra was right in front of the audience um so there was no pit mm-hmm. and uh yeah his conductor special had blown between pre-show checks and the starting of the show well, at least he didn't go during the middle of a song. <laughs> it's been so bad. Um, but, yeah, so we did a show stop and um, no God Mike, so I just my big loud voice that I was born with and asked the audience to stay put um, and we refocused a mover that wasn't needed much um, and focused it on him. And uh, then we, we restarted and that was that. Wow. They're my, they're my stories. I'm sure more will come in my career. Oh, look, yep, I haven't been involved in too many show stops either and they're not a great thing to be involved in. Adrenaline kicks in, like you take it as it comes and you do with it what you do. I think the key in a show stop is to not freak out, assess the situation and what's going on and then deal with the departments that need to be dealt with and then make sure that everyone is safe first and foremost and your artists are safe and that the audience is safe and then yeah. 
you deal with it as it comes, I think. Yeah, yeah. All right. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Tune in next week as we talk to a front of house audio engineer. Communication is actually a really important part of the job. I do always prefer to have uh, things like vocal groups. Lead performers often will have two radio mics on them. The the show's gone top notch without any show stops or technical issues. Brilliant. Yeah, I know, right? House curtain comes down. What do you do after the show? What post show duties do you have? Um, my post show duties, I'll tend to do um, a final cast call for the next days or the next performance call times and schedule um, to everyone. Yeah, and then. I will go back and I'll do a show report and write down any notes of anything that happened, might have gone wrong, might have been missed. Um, and then I issue that out. And then if there's any cleanup, then we do cleanups um, and resets and things like that. But the team will try and divvy up, like we'll do reports and cleanups and all that kind of stuff at the same time. And then go home. Cool. Or have a glass of wine and some cheese. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you're you're you you're multitasking when you're sitting at the desk during the show because you're taking notes of what's going on, yep. following the score and calling cues. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't sound like a brain explosion when you do it, but when you put it like that, it sounds like a brain explosion. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. I won't put it like that again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. Curtain comes down on the final final show, and then we go into bump out. Do you hang around much, or is it much like what happened with the bumping? Yeah, really similar to bumping. Like if we're generally, um, for me, like we're there for about two hours max, depending on the show. We'll we'll pack up props. Okay. We make sure that the stage is clear for the max and crew to do what they need to do um, to break the set apart. So we'll pack up props. Um, generally, the ASM will start on props. The SM will go and do the final show report. And then the DSM or the other ASM, depending on how the teams rolled out, will go and start on dressing rooms. So taking down all dressing room signage, cleaning up dressing rooms, removing any tissues or humidifiers and things like that that we've put in there Um, and back the road case. And then hopefully we all kind of tee up around the same time. And then once one person finishes another job, then you just check in with the rest of the team, make sure that all the props and things like that are packed away first and foremost, and then go to the after party. If we're lucky, if we get there. That's if the after party hasn't finished by the time you get out. Yeah, pretty much. Totally. So that wraps up time in the theatre. Any post any post production responsibilities, or is that signed, sealed, and delivered once uh, once you're done in the theatre? No, we'll tend to spend a few days post production tidying up paperwork, make sure like everyone's scores are the same with entrances and exits if things changed in the theatre, and then just make sure that our yeah. Plots and things like that are updated to what actually occurred in the show um, if we didn't get a chance to fix any of that in the season. Um, but, yeah, basically it's just same as pre-production. Score work, tidy, make sure everything's legible. Clean up the rehearsal room, like fix up any markup and things like that that were on the floor, tidy that up and get ready for the next one. Yeah, cool. All right. That's uh... – Simple as. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No 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 head explosion there. No head explosion with posts. It's good. Yep. Two questions left. Big responsibility yes. calling the show. Yeah. How do you deal with the pressure and remain calm 
without having a head explosion? I actually don't know if I've ever told anyone this. So I read somewhere, I can't remember where I read it, or maybe I saw it on like a dodgy like chick flick rom-com TV series that if you stand in like a superhero pose, um, it kind of like grounds you and, you know, empowers you to achieve the impossible. Yeah. So I, before every show, I will stand like a superhero. Um, and it works. I don't know how. Mind over matter probably. But, yeah, I find that that really helps. Um, so also if something is kind of getting a bit antsy and pressury, then I'll stand in that position. Yeah. I think for me it's either fight or flight. You're either going to freak out and flee in a situation and not yeah. deal with it at all, which I've witnessed, or you're going to go stuff it, take a deep breath in and deal with it as it comes. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about some of the the hours that, not necessarily for a week, but sort of for a day that you'd be doing in a theatre. 14 to 16 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, and that's like day in, day out for one or two weeks. Yeah, that's six days a week. Yeah. In a rehearsal period, I tend to do about minimum 10 hours a day. Depending on chorus calls, that goes to about 13 to 14 hours a day. Okay, yeah. Every day. I don't like to do the math. No. No. no that's, why I only, <laughs> that's why I only said a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good reason for that. Yeah. We don't yeah. like to do the math. Um, yeah, no, no. No. Yeah. And I think with that you've got to you've got to have the passion for this industry. If you don't have the passion for this industry, you don't survive those days at all. Yeah. What tips and tricks would you give them to get into DSMing? Just like get into secondments and observe or ask to listen to a call. I find you can learn so much by just listening to other people call a show. And don't, like, even in your career now, like, if you want to um, still try and get in touch with visiting companies or I just wanted to see how the Australian Ballet did things and I was working yeah. at the opera company, so I just went, hey, can I come watch? And she's like, yep, cool. Here's, like, you know, chucked on some comms and away we went and it was like I was, a, like, student again. But a student again. Yeah, there's, there's, you're always learning. Um, yeah. Always developing new ways, new ways to call things, new ways to write things. Yeah. Any pressure, any tips or tricks? I just, the superhero one is good, but yeah, just kind of water, laugh, communicate. Like if something has gone wrong, I try and communicate with my team and we nut out the situation. Yeah. Yeah. At home, I try and keep pretty quiet in show weeks and production week especially you know all the normal things that past stage managers have told you um you know drink lots of water make sure you can try and eat as best as you can in tech week which can be really hard yeah cool all right well thanks jess for being part of this uh podcast for unseen theatrics thanks clinton 